Good morning. It's so good to see everybody. It's so good to see you guys online. Will you stand with me? We're going to start here in Psalm 113. If you would read, read with me. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? Father, we come before you this morning uh, thankful to uh, be here. Thankful that we get to uh, worship you. Thankful that we get to sing these songs to you and lift our voices together uh, as one, uh, as a gathered body of believers, however that may look. And today, God, we are going to take advantage of that. As you have sent your son to die for us, we are going to worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father on the shore, and the church of Christ was born. 
Amen. Amen. Good morning. You can go ahead and have a seat here for just a moment. I want to take just a second and welcome you today if you're here as our guest. Uh, my name is Taylor Burgess, serve here at Cross as lead pastor, and we're honored to have you worshiping here with us. Uh, honored to have those of you who are joining us online later today um, as well. And as we begin our time of worship together this morning, just a few things. Uh, that I want to highlight uh, as we, we begin the morning off together. Uh, first, if you're a first-time guest, we hope that you stopped at the tent on the way in, and if you didn't, we really hope you'll stop there on the way out. We would just love to be able to meet you, and thank you for coming to worship with our church family here today. Uh, get to know you a little bit. We're glad to have you here, honored to have you here today as our guest, uh, and we'd love to connect with you on the way um, out the door this morning. For everybody, as you came in today, you should have found one of these Next Steps cards on your seats. Uh, these are important because they're the very best way for us to stay connected with you. So if you have uh, prayer requests that you'd like to share, you're interested in getting more connected within our church family, uh, fill out one of these Next Steps cards, and then you can drop these in the box that's out in the lobby uh, as you're leaving today. Uh, very best way to get connected in our church family is through community groups. We talk about community groups a lot. It's our desire uh, that every single person who calls Cross Community Home would be connected to a community group. So uh, even with all the restrictions that we faced over the last few months, uh, community groups have, um, many of them have, have, have regathered and are now meeting again in person um, or have just been meeting online through Zoom meetings, but we want to be able to get you connected in our church family, and that is the very best way to do it through community groups. So uh, fill out a Next Steps card, drop this in the box as you go this morning, uh, and our staff will follow up with you throughout the course of the week. For those of you who are watching online, if you're watching on Facebook, there is an online Next Steps card that you can fill out as well. If you're watching on Vimeo at a later time, you can go to our website site, crosscommunity.org, uh, and you will find that there as well. Uh, last thing we'll talk about this morning is just giving. We, we give as an act of worship uh, to a God who has given us everything that we need in Jesus Christ, and we are incredibly grateful for how our church family has uh, remained steadfast and faithful in our giving, even through a really challenging season. So the easiest way to do that is by uh, setting up an online recurring donation. Our website's crosscommunity.org. Org. It takes just a few minutes to set that up there. Uh, but if you do want to give by cash or check out in the lobby, uh, we're trying not to hand you too many things right now. We do have giving envelopes available, but they're out uh, in the lobby, and you can drop those uh, in that box as you go. Uh, because of your faithfulness in giving, we had to share this week, it's been a big win for us as a church family, uh, that in hopefully the not-too-distant future of the next few weeks, we will be able to begin live streaming on Sunday mornings. So um, that's exciting for us, and, and so that's something that's been coming. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're pumped about that. Something that is, uh, we, we've truthfully, uh, over the last couple years, we've wanted to wait until uh, we got into a permanent facility, but uh, things have changed over the last um, uh, a couple of months, and so we recognize that many are just going to be prevented from gathering with us in person. Um, our, our staff, Grayson, and, and the team have done a great job of just quickly the tur turning around the videos every single week, still making those available uh, by 5 p.m. each Sunday, but it's our desire for those of you watching from home that you be able to join in with us um, as we're having worship throughout the course of the morning. So thank you for your faith faithfulness, your generosity and giving. Uh, it's going to make it possible. Not an exact date for that. Um, there's some uh, internet upgrades that have to happen here at the YMCA, but it will be coming um, soon. So, so thank you for your faithfulness. Well, again, so glad uh, to, to be back with you this morning. How, how many of us, this has been your first opportunity to regather with us since we came back a few weeks ago? Fantastic. Welcome. We're glad to have you um, here this morning. So I want to invite you to go ahead and stand with me, and we're going to continue this morning in song uh, as we continue moving forward in worship.
Those are sweet words right there. Amen. Good morning, church. You may have a seat. My name is Dustin Now I'm the associate pastor here, and uh, we want to welcome you this morning. We're glad that you're here. We're going to read God's Word together. should be on the screen behind me. This is coming from Psalm 23, uh, 2 through 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord God, and you are good. Father, in the midst of all of this craziness that we find ourselves in, Lord God, there is one sure foundation, and that is you. We dare not look anywhere else, Lord God. We only look to you, Lord God, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one that we call Christ the Most High, the one that we bow our knees to in worship. Father, so however we can gather, Lord God, we love that we are here together one body worshiping you as we look forward to the one day where we'll be surrounded by a myriad of people Lord God around your throne free to worship for all eternity and that's what we want to do Father God be with Pastor Taylor as he brings the message right now Lord God I pray that you would just speak through him Lord God that your word would be pronounced Lord God and that we would just sit under it that we would be changed through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. I just walk away motivated, Lord God, to reach this world that is lost, that is in fear. Lord God, and we should be different, Lord God. A church that's set on fire for you, Lord God, does not fear, Lord God, but awaits your coming. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. If you have your Bible, I invite you to go ahead and turn with me to Psalm chapter 23. Uh, We're going to be there again this week and Lord willing for the next few weeks still as well today looking at uh, verses 2 and 3. And uh, so if you're with us today for the first time, we're in um, week 2 of a message series called Fear No Evil where we're walking verse by verse through Psalm 23. And last week we saw in verse 1 that the Lord is our shepherd. It is God himself who is our shepherd. Uh, He has claimed us as his own. He's supplied our every need. And today we're going to be looking at verse 2 and the first half of verse 3. And uh, today, as you can see set up front here, um, we will be closing in the time of communion. So uh, my desire this morning is that this message is going to be a little bit more devotional in nature. I really want us just to reflect on uh, three very precious truths and promises that we find here uh, in Psalm 23. So our time together will be um, just a little bit short as we prepare to come to the Lord's table. Well, fresh off of our celebration yesterday, last night of Independence Day, um, over the last couple of months, uh, the APA has released a study that it said over 80% of Americans indicates that the current state of our nation is a significant source of stress. Um, this was up from 69% in 2018, so we're talking about a, an increase of greater than 10% over the matter of just a couple of years. And uh, back in April, Time Magazine uh, had a, a feature issue that um, 
on the cover, if you, you saw maybe in a, in a grocery store or uh, in a, in a um, uh, wherever you get magazines, just a, a gas station, whatever, you might have seen a tag, Time Magazine article, they had a, a cover that said the age of anxiety. And what was on the picture there were four distress emojis that showed four very different emotions. And uh, this issue documented how over 40 million adults in our nation are currently affected by anxiety disorders. So you com- a combo the fact with, uh, we have the realities of the age of anxiety, and it's, uh, at the same time we're living in what's been known as the age of distraction because of our constant connectedness. So the result is that we right now have a generation that is suffering from a chronic restlessness and inability to be still, which other studies have shown to be triggers that multiply those experiences of stress and anxiety. Now, many of you, we grew up in very diverse faith backgrounds, and you might be coming from a faith background where subjects uh, like mental and emotional help were very much considered taboo. They were just not things that you talked about uh, within the context of the local church. If you did talk about these things, uh, oftentimes it was in a context of guilt and shame or uh, judgment because it was taught that those who, who walked through things like depression or who had doubts or who had fears or who had anxiety, it just meant that they didn't have enough faith. It meant that we needed just to pray more, and we needed to trust God more. And so I'm grateful that over the last decade, there, there's been a, a much greater awareness that's been uh, recognized, I think, within the church when it comes to the topic of emotional and spiritual health. And yet, uh, a number of things I've witnessed have just made it clear how far we still have to go. Uh, last year, there was a fairly prominent pastor from out in California, I had the, the privilege of meeting a couple of times, um, who took his own life. And uh, the, the subject of pastoral suicide has been one. It's, it's a topic that's uh, it's been real for decades now, but it's not one that's really gotten very much attention. And um, so there was a, a very uh, prominent Christian news publication that, that made this information public and was sharing a little bit about his story and about his family and about his struggle with depression and with anxiety. And so um, th- this has been highlighted a little bit more over the last couple of years because primarily of a couple of high-profile cases. But um, there was an article posted on social media, and early in the comments, uh, Someone just asked the question, why does this keep happening? And the response to that comment was this. This isn't a real problem. It's only getting attention because he was famous. And, and, you know, this has unfortunately been the experience of many who have experienced struggles with either spiritual or emotional health and depression, anxiety within the church. It's not a tone of comfort, not a tone of compassion, not a tone of care, but a silencing from those who continue ignoring cries for help. But God is not silent. God is not silent in our pain. And so for the tired, the weary, the anxious, and afraid, I think Psalm 23 is loaded with hope. So let's read here from Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The hope for the restless, is the God who never rests. The hope for the weary is the God who never grows tired or weary. And what we get to see here in Psalm 23 in these couple of verses this morning is that the tireless and endless work of the good shepherd provides endless rest for tired and weary sheep. So this is, again, our time's going to be short this morning. This is what I want to do for these next few moments. I want us to look and rest in just three extraordinary promises for the restless soul that is struggling to be still. First promise that we see here is that he is rest for the weary. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
Uh, there's a man named Philip Keller who has an excellent short little book on Psalm 23, and he's writing it from the perspective of someone who had spent a career uh, as an actual shepherd of sheep. And so he brings in just this incredibly unique personality. And he's uh, said, um, reflecting on this passage, that there are four conditions that have to be met in order for a sheep to be willing to lay down. First, they have to be free of all fear. They have to be free of friction with other sheep. They have to be free of the presence of flies or parasites that torment them. And they have to be free of hunger. So if a sheep is scared, if a sheep is in conflict with other sheep, if it's tormented or if it's hungry, then it will refuse to lie down. And the exact same things are true for us when it comes to our spiritual and emotional and relational health. So if uh, we're restless because of fear and anxiety, we're we're not able to lay down. So there's uh, surrounded by uncertainty in our future, our finances, our home, our culture, our country, our jobs, our nation. We're restless uh, sometimes because of relational conflict that we have with others, either with a spouse or with a friend or with a coworker. We're restless because we're tormented by temptation. We have things that are nagging at us. We have things that are pulling us away from the Lord. We have sin that's constantly surrounding us and not leaving us alone, just relentless in our lives. We're restless because we're working to satisfy the eternal longings of our soul. We're hungry and we're seeking to satisfy that hunger in the things of this world. And because of these factors, it's struggle for us to lie down and rest. So just like the sheep in the pen, the only way all of these uh, struggles can be alleviated is by the constant calming presence of the shepherd. This is why David also writes in Psalm 480, he says, In peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Nothing calms the sheep like the presence and the care of their shepherd. Nothing brings the calm except the shepherd. He's the one who protects them from predators and thieves. He confronts the sheep who cause friction and strife. He covers, a good shepherd does, with repellent uh, sheep that are being tormented by insects in the same way that we are covered by the presence of the Holy Spirit who protects us from the oncoming impact of sin. The shepherd does the agonizing work of clearing out land and rocks and thorns and bushes so that there are green pastures for his sheep to graze. And this is exactly what the Lord does for us. He protects us from our primary enemies of sin and death. He confronted domineering religious abusers. He covers us with his Holy Spirit. He satisfies our hungry souls with his eternal presence. And so many of us today, we're struggling with the restlessness that comes with trying to fill our lives with the emptiness of this world. Or maybe even more deceptive, we try to fill our lives with the satisfaction of our religious effort. It can be even more deceptive than trying to fill ourselves up with sin because we convince ourselves that that through our effort, that through our feeding of ourselves, that it's always drawing us closer to the Lord, but this is not always the case. Augustine said it so well centuries ago of the Lord. He says, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. God has imprinted eternity on our hearts He's he's made us for himself. There's nothing in this world that is going to satisfy our hunger and the longings of our soul like the presence of the shepherd. And this work for the shepherd was absolutely tireless. In order to be able to provide for his sheep, in order for there to be pastures to graze, he was constantly having to think about 10 steps ahead. So it wasn't just about where they were eating that day. He had to be thinking about where they were going to eat tomorrow and then where they were going to eat the next week. Like grass doesn't just grow back overnight. 
doesn't come back the next week. He's having to think about months ahead, weeks ahead, years ahead even sometimes. And so he's constantly having to work to ensure that there's going to be provision for his sheep because if that provision's not there, the sheep will not lie down and rest. And so the shepherd is constantly at work. He's constantly clearing the ground. He's constantly planting new grass. He's constantly ensuring that the water, uh, that the grass is being watered so that his sheep can continue to feed. And why is he constantly at work? So that his sheep can rest. And this is the labor through Jesus Christ. It's through his perfect, complete, finished work that we find rest for our souls. And if necessary, because our shepherd is good, there will come points in time where he will make us lie down. If you don't believe me, see 2020. Four months ago, the Lord brought our world to an absolute screeching halt. Our jobs changed, schools changed, church changed, sports changed, entertainment changed. We have all had to change our pace and make adjustments. And here's what I fear for professing followers of Christ is that even as our foundations have been shaken, even as so many of the things that we hold dear have been ripped out from under us, we still won't lie down. Like we're still just keeping our mind, instead of resting in the good shepherd, instead of turning our eyes to the shepherd, instead of turning our eyes to the Lord, what we've done is we've doubled down on our screens. And we've just invited the stress into our lives. We've invited the anxiety into our lives. We hold hands with it all day long. We let it sleep right by our beds at nights. And then we ask ourselves, like, I just don't understand why I'm so stressed. I'm like, because we need breaking news every 14 seconds. Like, we're catching it all in real time right now. We've, had, we've been given an opportunity the last four months to take our eyes off of everything that we know can't save us. And instead of turning our eyes to the shepherd, we've doubled down on our screens. And, and listen, I'm going to get in trouble for, for saying this a little bit this morning, but, but I want you to think about this for a second. Maybe because our shepherd is good, maybe in his goodness he is prolonging this season so that we will finally learn to be dependent on him. Have you considered that maybe the Lord is in his sovereignty saying, you know what, I might let this go two years. I might let it go five. I might let it go ten. My people will return to me. I will do whatever it takes to bring my people back. Every provision for our salvation has been made for us in Jesus Christ. Every provision has been made, and we've been invited into a season where the Lord is saying, I will make you lie down. And we can rest in the provision that's been made for us and find our ultimate rest in him because he is rest for the weary. We see second that he's water for the thirsty. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. Keller goes on to say in his book that one of the outstanding marks of a Christian should be, should be a serene sense of gentle contentment. I want you to, to, to focus on those words. Maybe write those words down. Gentle contentment. We are so contentious as a people right now. Like there's so much hatred, there's so much strife, there's so much animosity, there's so much division. There's something new to be mad about every hour. And, and yet what should be a primary mark of the followers of Jesus Christ is this sense of gentle contentment as people who are being led by still waters. You and I have been created, we've been wired to crave. Those of you who have been going through the Bible reading plan with us here in 2020, this past week we were in Ecclesiastes 3 which talks about how the Lord has placed eternity on the heart of man. And this is what that means for us. It means that you and I could spend 100,000 lifetimes trying to find total satisfaction in the things of this world, and no matter how much we find for ourselves, it's still never going to be enough. 
It's still never going to be enough. And and this is also why Romans 1 shows us that absolutely no one is without excuse when it comes to knowing God. Because this is universal to the human experience, is the knowledge that there's nothing in this world that's enough. There's nothing that satisfies. So we spend our entire lives pursuing the things of this world, trying to fill up the eternal voids in our heart. Only God can fill this. And this is how he draws us to himself, is by wiring everything else in this world with emptiness. We can't find the ultimate satisfaction that our hearts are longing for in the things of this world. Now, I'm just curious, how many of you over uh, the last couple of years, or maybe even just this weekend, you've seen uh, either in person or you've watched uh, streaming the Hamilton musical? Who, who knows what I'm talking about here? So several across the room, so fantastic. So those of you who have seen it, even if you haven't seen it, I think this is just easy for you to understand. This is one of the tragic flaws of Hamilton, is that he's never satisfied. He's never satisfied. It doesn't matter what status he gets. It doesn't matter what position he gets. It's all, I'm not going to waste my shot. Like that's, that's the, the tagline of the song. Like I'm not going to throw it away. It's, I'm going to live life to the fullest, but it's more and it's more and it's more. And ultimately it ends up being his undoing. His pride leads to his destruction. Thirst is the evidence that there's absolutely nothing within ourselves that can sustain us. You and I are completely dependent on outside sources in order to sustain our lives. Now, uh, during the time of David, sheep got their water really from three primary sources. They could get it from the dew on the grass, uh, they could get it from wells, or they could get it from streams. All of these were sources of fresh water, so what the shepherd would do was uh, work to diligently ensure that his sheep were not drinking contaminated water that had been polluted by harmful bacteria or parasites, but oftentimes a shepherd would have a stubborn sheep. And sheep doesn't necessarily know that water's contaminated or polluted. It's just walking, and it's tired, and it's weary, and it sees water, and it says, I'm going to go drink water. And so what the shepherd would have to do is he's guiding his sheep. He's having to make sure as his sheep saw sources of water, number one, that those sources weren't contaminated. Number two, if it was contaminated, making sure that none of his sheep would go towards that water. But sheep are not always smart. They're just thirsty, and they see water. And so they'll stop and, and, and they'll drink. And, and what it does over time is it destroys their stomach. It pollutes their digestive system. And so the shepherd is constantly at work making sure that the sheep are not drinking from contaminated sources of water. In the Old Testament, as the nation of Israel rebelled against the Lord, this is how their rebellion was framed by the Lord uh, through the prophet Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah 2. The prophet says, Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out systems for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. These cisterns that uh, the prophet is talking about here, these were essentially just large holes in the ground. They didn't have any interior rock walls that would uh, preserve the fresh water that was inside. And so instead of the water being clean and pure and fresh, it was muddy and it was polluted and it was stagnant. And the Lord says, this is what it's like to turn from me. It's, It's to turn from a source of fresh water, of living water, of pure water, water that can satisfy your soul. And it's to settle for something that's muddy, something that's stagnant, something that's polluted. John 4, this is carried out a little bit more. Jesus has a conversation uh, with a woman, a a Samaritan woman at the well, and he comes to her, and he asks her in the middle of the day for a drink, and she responds, uh, how is it that you, being a Jewish man, could ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink uh, from the well? And Jesus basically responds by saying, listen, if you had any clue who you were talking to right now, uh, you would be the one asking for water. 
because I could give you living water, water that would satisfy your, your soul. And so that's how Jesus describes himself. And I just wonder, like, how many of us, how many professing followers of Jesus today were continually trying to quench our eternal thirst with the contaminated water of sin? Church, understand, sin is like drinking salt water. You, you might deceive yourself into thinking that in some capacity you're satisfying your thirst, but in reality what you're doing is you're poisoning yourself from the inside out. Because sin always overpromises and underdelivers. It always overpromises and underdelivers. Endless entertainment promises fulfillment, but what it delivers is emptiness and laziness. Sexual sin promises pleasure, and what it delivers is guilt and shame. Gossip promises power. It promises information. What it delivers is pain and relational isolation. Lying promises an escape, and ultimately what it does is it digs us in a deeper trap. Church, sin always overpromises and underdelivers. Always. And the hope we have in the Good Shepherd is that he will only lead us to still water. He'll always lead us to pure water. We will never fill the eternal longings of our souls with the empty pleasures of this world. So Jesus offers an invitation. This is coming to the end of Scripture in Revelation 22. This is his invitation. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Because he is water for the thirsty. He can satisfy the quench, uh, he can quench the thirst of our souls that's trying to be satisfied in the things of this world. And it's because of that promise that we can confidently declare this first half of verse three, he restores my soul. So we see that Jesus is rest for the weary, he's water for the thirsty, and he's hope for the empty. Anybody here talk to yourselves? Anybody do this? Here's proof from the Bible that you're not crazy. Okay. This is David talking to himself in, in Psalm 42. I love this. He just asked, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you at turmoil within me? And, and this is what it means to preach the gospel to yourself. So he's going to acknowledge, like, I'm cast down. I'm, I'm beat down. I'm tired. I'm weary. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you at turmoil within me? He preaches the gospel to himself. Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now, uh, this term cast down is very, very rich because uh, a sheep that had been cast down, this was an old English term uh, for a sheep that had gotten stuck on its back and felt like it couldn't get itself back up. Okay, have you ever been in that situation before? We won't ask you to raise your hand on, on that one. Sheep stuck on its back, can't get up on its own. And, and the way a sheep becomes cast is that uh, it'll lie down in a hollow on the ground. It's very innocent. It just lies in a hollow on the ground, and uh, it gets a little bit lazy, and it starts to relax on its side. Uh, but sheep have this heavy center of gravity, so what happens as it turns on its side is that it, the center of gravity shifts it to roll on its back, and so it's basically just lying on its back like a turtle with its feet kicking in the air. And, and they'll struggle. They'll, they'll wrestle back and forth, and they can't get themselves to go one direction or the other. And, and this can be a really serious situation because uh, a sheep, when this happens, it immediately becomes distressed. Uh, it's, it's tired. It's scared and uh, can quickly wear itself out. And, and so on a really hot day, a cast sheep uh, can die in just a matter of a few hours. So why is the shepherd constantly counting his sheep? It's because he wants to know, okay, has one wandered away? 
has one fallen down? I can't see where it is. And so the shepherd just spends a, a tremendous amount of time every single day just counting out his sheep, making sure they're all there. And then when he sees one missing, he's either going to leave all the other sheep in the care of under shepherds so he can go find it, or if he sees the sheep cast, he's immediately going to run to it and try to get it back on its feet. But it's not a situation where the shepherd can just run and it's quick as like, you know, like when your kids fall down, you're like, hey, get up, let's go. You know, like it's, he's actually got to take time with it because as the sheep, the longer it's on its back, it can start to lose circulation to its legs. And so the shepherd uh, has to come to the sheep in distress. And, and as angry as he might be, sheep could commonly sometimes would, would be, become cast. There'd usually be one or two in a flock that would become cast almost every single day, be falling on its back. But the shepherd, even in his anger, even his frustration, if it's the thousandth time the sheep has fallen on its back, he doesn't come in a spirit of anger. He comes in a spirit of comfort because the sheep's tired and it's scared and it's in distress. And so he brings this comforting tone. So what are you doing out here again? How does this keep happening to you? And then he'll, he'll turn the sheep over. He'll hold the sheep for a moment. He'll rub its legs to restore the circulation. And then uh, before, uh, he doesn't just, just let it take off and run. He'll gently set its back, back on its feet, and then he'll wash it just very cautiously from a distance as it continues to begin walking once again with the herd. And man, so many of us, again, we, we have just fallen, and we've fallen, and we've fallen, and we've fallen. And it's easy in our sin and our guilt and our shame, the enemy wants to convince us that the shepherd is tired of coming for us, that he's tired of restoring us. And yet the promise that we see here in Psalm 23 is that he is the good shepherd who will restore our souls. He comes after us. He knows when we've fallen. He sees where we've fallen, and he runs to meet us where we are, not to lecture us in our pain, but to love us because he's good. A few weeks ago, um, our middle son, Nolan, uh, he's, he's a quiet little guy. And so uh, mid-afternoon, we usually, as our, our youngest Lincolns have a nap, Nolan will go have some playtime uh, up in his room. He's pretty quiet, middle child. So I'd, uh, I, I'm a, I was a middle child growing up. He's a really good self-entertainer and can just kind of disappear into his own little world um, upstairs playing, you know, for, for a couple of hours at a time. Well, uh, we didn't hear a peep out of Nolan pretty much all afternoon. And, um, and then just kind of out of nowhere, Emily heard this cry from his room. And, and she goes running into his room, like he'd yelled out really loud. She goes in his room, and uh, if you go inside our boy's closet, we've got these, um, there's like three little plastic uh, storage drawers that are in them. And so um, they're, they're sort of in a cutout in the closet, and he had dropped something behind the plastic drawers. And so he tried to climb over the top of it and reach down, which I've told him somewhere between one and a million times not to do, because um, I'm like, dude, you're going to get stuck back there. And sure enough, uh, he had gotten stuck. He'd gotten himself stuck there. And, and listen, we felt terrible because by the time Emily got in the room, uh, he was shaking and, and he's, he's sobbing and he couldn't even bring himself to tell us what was going on. So it had us for fear that, man, maybe he had even been there for a little while and, and, and couldn't call out. And so uh, Emily brings him downstairs to me and he is clinging to her tight and, and holding on and he's scared. And, um, and so she sits him down with me. And, and again, listen, have I told Nolan a million times, hey, don't do that? Yeah, I have. But, but in that moment, does he need a lecture? No. So what am I doing? I'm sitting down, buddy, we love you. You okay? Like, tell, can you tell us what happened? Let's get him something to drink. Let's turn on a show. Let's try to calm him down a little bit, try to talk through what's, what's happening, what's going on. Because when someone has fallen, when someone is hurting, when someone is scared, what they need in that moment is love. They don't need a lecture. They need the tender, gentle care of the shepherd that there's a moment for the staff. There is a moment to break the leg of the wandering sheep, as the shepherd would often do. But in the moment that a sheep is cast down, what it needs most in that moment is the nurturing care of the shepherd. And what we see here from Psalm 23 is that when we have been cast down, 
when we have fallen, our good shepherd will raise us up and restore. We see in Revelation 7, it's a picture of how the Lord comforts those who are coming out of the great tribulation. Revelation 7, 15 through 17. It says, Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Listen, this is what's going to be happening in eternity. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the lamb in the midst of the throne, watch this, will be their shepherd. Will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. He'll never stop being our shepherd. He will never stop being our shepherd. And church, the promise of the gospel is that no matter how many times you fall, no matter how many times you get stuck, you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. The Lord will never stop being your shepherd. He will never stop coming to restore you and set you upright. He will never stop leading you to green pastures. He will never stop leading you beside still waters. There's never going to be a point in time where he will not restore your soul. And so the work of the enemy is to make us think that that has a limit. You know, we, we like to play this game as, as human beings. It's, hey, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. Guys, we haven't tried to fool the Lord twice. We've tried to fool him about two million times. And he has still not given up on us. He's never not going to restore you, and he's never going to stop being your shepherd. Apart from Christ, we are weighed down, and we are burdened, and we are crushed by our sin. I think that's so important for us to understand in the midst of everything that's happening in our world right now. It's, it's much worse than we actually think it is, because our world is not broken and needing to be fixed. Our world is dead, and it needs to be made alive. So that, that's why as the church, man, in the midst of everything that's happening right now, do not settle for the vocabulary of the world to resolve what are at their core spiritual problems. We've been given a language. We've been given a vocabulary that is much better than anything this world has to offer us. And the promise is that our souls will be restored. The dead will be made alive. And we'll find ultimate satisfaction in Jesus Christ. The good shepherd saw us when we were downcast. He knows that we are hungry and need of food. He knows that we are thirsty and in need of drink. He knows that we're dead and need to be made alive and that our souls need to be restored. And that is what's been made possible for us through Jesus Christ. So this morning, um, we're, we're gonna transition now just into our time of communion. We're gonna spend several minutes here today because this is what I wanna do as we, we close out. So typically, I, I like to close sermons you know, with just some very clear next steps, application. Here's how we actually live out these truths. We're gonna make that a part of a time of reflection here. And then I really encourage you as you go into community groups this week, as you sit down and have conversations with others, that you just uh, continue um, having conversations about these questions together. And so... I just want to ask us a few questions as we prepare our hearts to come uh, this morning to the Lord's table. First question is this, what fears and anxieties are preventing you from resting and being still? What is plaguing your mind? What's happening in our world right now? What, what, is, what has got your attention 24 hours a day that constantly has your mind at work so that you cannot be still? And this morning, as we go into this time of prayer, my encouragement would be, you just lay that before the Lord. 
Cast your anxieties on him. Cast your burdens on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Because he wants you to. Tell him what it is. Second question, very simply, do you drink from the fountain of living water? A sheep, it, it could uh, satisfy, it could quench its thirst by drinking the dew off the ground. So I think it paints a really beautiful picture for us this morning. It's early in the morning. While the grass was still wet, the sheep would wake up, it would begin to feed, and as it was eating, it could also be drinking because the grass was heavy with dew. And there's a picture here, I think, for us of waking up early in the morning, of immersing ourselves in the Word of God, of being satisfied on His Word as the bread of life, as water for our soul every single day. Are you drinking from the fountain of living water? Are you drinking deeply from the word of God? Are you drinking deeply of its promises, of its commands? Are you seeking it for the satisfaction of your soul? And then last, very simply, are you downcast? And ask yourself, why? And then preach the gospel to yourself. Hope in God. Hope in God. I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. What burden of sin is weighing you down? So I just want to invite you now, just will you, will you bow your heads with me here for a moment? We're going to take uh, a few moments just to reflect and to confess, to pray, to prepare our hearts for the Lord's table this morning. So what fear and anxiety are preventing you from resting and being still? What burden of sin is weighing you down? Would you just lay that at the Lord's feet right now? Just tell him what it is. He knows it all, but he's your father and he loves you. He wants to hear it from you. What's weighing you down? What sin is weighing you down? What worry is weighing you down? Just lay that at his feet. for all who are downcast, who are fallen and feel that you have no strength to pick yourself back up. Would you cry out for the shepherd? Just go before the Lord acknowledging our, our sin, confessing that before him, confessing before him what, again, what he already knows to be true, but as we confess, we're, we're asking the Lord for a heart of genuine repentance. This is more than just being sorry for our sin. It's more than just knowing, hey, I've got some stuff in my life that's wrong and I need to correct it. This is a turning from our sin, a ceasing of our sin, stopping our sin, and then turning to Jesus Christ. It's turning our back on the broken cistern and beginning to drink deeply of the fountain of living water. Repentance, will you turn from your sin? Will you turn to your Savior? And finally, just offer the Lord a prayer of thanksgiving. Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the work of the Good Shepherd who has labored tirelessly so that we could have endless rest, who is making our every provision not just for today, but for tomorrow and for 10,000 years from now when we are with you in eternity. I thank you that you will never stop being our shepherd. 
that you are forever drawing us to yourself, that you are forever seeking us out when we've fallen. So we thank you for the perfect finished work of your son, Jesus Christ, who stood in our place on the cross, who took our sin upon himself, who became sin so that we could become perfect righteousness and be filled with the power of your Holy Spirit and to boldly step out in faith for your name and for the mission of your church. So Father, today we stand in the victory of the cross. We stand in the victory of the empty tomb. We claim it as ours through the name of Jesus Christ. Father, for any who are here today who have not ever called on you in faith, Father, I pray that today, even in this moment, they would turn their eyes and turn their hearts to you and call on you in faith and be saved, to call on the name of Jesus Christ to be their good shepherd. Father, I pray for all who are cast down, for all who are burdened by the same patterns of sin and guilt and shame and failure and defeat. Father, would they right now rest in the promise that the good shepherd will come and restore their soul. We thank you for these promises, Lord, and we ask that as we come to your table this morning, as we celebrate and reflect on the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ, that we would stand in the victory of the cross and the empty tomb and go boldly as your people today. So be glorified in all that we say, all that we sing, and all that we do in these coming moments. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, uh, for those of you who may be with us here for the first time, those of you watching online even today, um, typically we as a church family take communion together every single week uh, because of um, some of the restrictions over the last uh, few months. We have uh, dialed that back a little bit, and yet uh, we have missed uh, celebrating the Lord's table with you, and we've made that possible for you today. So um, if you have any sort of concern, just want to be able to explain kind of what went into this this morning. These are pre-packaged uh, communion uh, juice and wafer that are all together. And uh, these came directly out of a box uh, by a gloved hand. I watched it happen this morning, so I promise you can trust me. Um, and, uh, and we're placed on these tables. And so um, we will not have anyone serving these to you. What's going to happen here in just a moment as we stand uh, is we'll ask you to come up the center aisles. Um, and then as you make your way to the table, you can pick up a, a communion packet and then return to your seats through the outside aisles. But um, please hear us this morning when we say, listen, if this is just, it's still a little bit beyond your comfort level, you're not quite ready to do that, just know we're we not going to look down on you for that in any capacity. Um, and we completely understand a decision if you just choose to refrain uh, for the time being um, this morning. But we do want to make that available to you. So um, if you are here today as a professing follower of Jesus Christ, even if you're not properly a member of this church, but you're a, a professing follower of Jesus Christ, we absolutely invite you to the table to partake. Um, lots of younger kids in here with us today. Parents, if your kids are here today and they have made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ, we absolutely invite them as well uh, to partake under your discretion. Um, so again, here in just a moment, what we'll do is uh, we will stand um, together, invite you to come. Again, this is totally self-serve as the worship team leads us. Return to your seats. And then once everyone uh, who wants to partake has uh, received their elements, um, I'll come back up here. We'll partake um, together. Those of you who may be watching from home, we sent out an email this week. We invite you to prepare your elements as well and join with us here in just a moment if you so um, desire. But uh, before we do have anyone across the room move, is there anyone in need of uh, physical assistance that you need us to bring a communion to you? If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? And we'll be glad to do that. 
I don't see any hands across the room. So, so church family, let's stand together. We'll sing as you feel led. Make your way to the table. Please do try to leave a gap, five, six feet at least, of those who are walking in front of you. Uh, so this may take a few minutes, that's okay. But as you feel led, come to the table, pick up your packet. I'm going to return to your seats, and then I'll come back up here shortly, and we'll partake together. But let's sing and worship together.
packets there's a it's a clear film on top that'll uh, help you get to your wafer that's there and then there's a second layer as well that you peel back uh, to get um, to the juice to give you just a second um, to prepare there Uh, but we know uh, that the lord jesus the night before he went um, to the cross he sat down with his disciples and um, he sat at a table with them and he took a body and he took a cup or took the bread he took the cup as way of showing them what was going to be happening the next day, which was that he was going to go to the cross to atone for our sins, to become our sins, to be broken for us so that we could be restored and made whole. So he took the bread uh, and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, if you belong to Christ, this belongs to you. Let's partake. And he took the cup and he said, this cup is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you belong to Christ, this belongs to you. Let's partake. And then Jesus leaves his disciples with the promise that he would not again drink of the fruit of the vine. And so he drank it new with us in his father's kingdom. And we set our eyes on that day. Amen. 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 Well, church, if you'd be seated um, here for just a moment, I want to sh- just cut my own mic off there. I want to share a couple of uh, announcements as we wrap things up this morning. Um, didn't, again, just shared at the very beginning, those of you who may have trickled in a little bit later, um, we do plan to begin live streaming in a few weeks. Um, what we recognize, again, um, we're at a place right now where you know our service is pretty much uh, almost filled up registration-wise um, this week in particular, and so... Uh, until we can increase the capacity of the building, you know, there's some realities that uh, it might not be possible even for everybody who wants to come uh, to be able to come every single week. And we just, we completely, uh, I hope you understand um, just a, a lot that we don't control, obviously, outside of that. And so greatly appreciate just your patience and your continued prayer. Because um, guys, we just, we don't know what we're doing, right? Like nobody knows what they're doing right now. We're just making it up as we go, let's be honest. And so uh, thank you just for your grace and your patience as we have uh, had to navigate all this over the last few months. Again, for those of you joining us online, just know live streaming uh, is coming soon. If there is a Sunday you're not able to register in time or registration fills up too quickly, uh, we want to make that possible for you in the coming weeks. Um, Last thing I want to share is an exciting piece of information uh, regarding uh, the property that we currently um, have under contract right now. So those of you who may be um, newer with us, we do at the moment have a a property, a 14-acre property under contract in Port Royal here just a few minutes uh, down the road from us at One Hammock Drive. We've had this property under contract for a few months, but uh, the sale of the property is contingent on uh, some zoning that that has to happen. So uh, where we're at in that process is that we have requested a variance from the Zoning Board of Appeals uh, that would allow us to build a larger square footage uh, facility than what the current zoning allows. We're trying to do that so that we don't have to have the entire property rezoned because that's a that's a lot bigger process. And so um, our next meeting uh, is with the Zoning Board of Appeals tomorrow night. And if we get their approval, uh, then Lord willing, we will close on this property next week. And so we are uh, very close, very, very close. We do 
again, have to get through uh, this little speed bump um, tomorrow. And so uh, if you're asking like, hey, what if they say no tomorrow night? If, if it's uh, denied the request for variance, uh, it doesn't mean um, that it's a no. It just means uh, it's more complicated now because then we have to pursue potentially full rezoning um, of the property. That's what we're trying to avoid um, if we can. But fortunately, uh, many of the neighbors have been very vocal uh, online and to the town um, in, in support of what's happening. Uh, the town council gave us a very favorable response a couple of weeks ago. And so everything looks positive, and we've agreed from seller to neighbors to buyer to everybody involved uh, that the variance is probably the very best option. So we just need the Zoning Board of Appeals to agree tomorrow night. Uh, if you know one of those people, maybe just text them today, I don't know, and, and say, uh, if you are one of those people, um, I'd like to hug you, you know, as soon as service is over, maybe buy you lunch today as well. So, um, so, so if you, you know any of those folks, again, uh, you can watch this online tomorrow night. If you go to Facebook, the Town of Port Royal Facebook page, um, you'll see my, my ugly face right there along with a couple of others uh, engaging in what's going on uh, with, with that meeting. So feel free to tune in and just we appreciate your prayers. This has kind of been a long time coming and so we're, we're this close right now and, uh, and just praying that uh, uh, we have favor with the Zoning Board of Appeals tomorrow night. So thank you for your continued um, prayer there. So uh, as we wrap up this morning, don't forget if you completed Next Steps cards, you have giving envelopes, that's uh, all the towers out in the lobby. Um, we can this week, you can all dismiss this direction. We've been sending out this way the last couple of weeks, but uh, plenty of time now that we're condensed back to two services. Uh, feel free to linger. Second service does not start till 11 o'clock. Uh, we've hated rushing people out of the building the last couple of weeks, so feel free to stick around, um, talk with us a little bit. We, we've missed you guys and uh, would love to be able to connect with you. So We'll see you out in the lobby area. Love to meet you if you're newer today. But let's stand together. Uh, let's sing as we or say our banner verse together, and then we'll sing as we close. I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, nations will praise you forever and ever. Amen. Let's sing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Guys, we love you so much. We'll see you next week.